Hello and welcome to Vibe Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and Andy. And today we have an interview with Cindy Lee, who is the author of the Sidekick Squat series. My name is C.B. Lee. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm the author of the Sidekick Squad series, which is a young adult sci-fi series about a group of um, teens who are queer teens who are um, trying to take down a corrupt government superhero agency. Most people would find this like metaphor of like superhero, someone living in hiding, but while having superpowers, a lot of people think that that's a metaphor for actually being queer. So does that come from that, or were you just interested in seeing more superhero representation because, well, there is basically none? Um, A little bit of both, actually. I mean, I've always been a big fan of the Fantastic. I loved the X-Men growing up. I loved, um, I love, like, all things sci-fi, and I really... You know, it's always been so steeped in metaphor, especially the X-Men and being a mutant and being queer. And, um, you know, the how does society see you and um, feeling like an outcast. And so all of these themes are very heavily tied into X-Men, along with other marginalizations, except it, it had always been a metaphor. Um, so I wanted and then also with like, you know, being a superhero has so many great elements of like finding yourself. Um, coming into your own power, all these themes about like strength and validity that I wanted to bring to queer youth. So, and also it's, it's just like a fun story that I really like to, yeah, it's, it's one of the things that I wanted on one hand to have fun. And then on the other hand to actually have an explicitly queer um, superhero story just because it's larger than life, it's fun. And I think, like, you know, many more traditional comics and, and superheroes are, are starting to get there, but it's it's one of the things I'd like to see more of in the mainstream. And do you have any, um, you know, favorite superheroes or perhaps favorite queer superheroes or favorite superheroes you would like to see come out in media? Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm a huge fan of... Um, I'm reading Miss um, Marvel, who's Kamala Khan, and... Um, in the Marvel series, and I really like Squirrel Girl as well, and um, America Chavez, who's who's amazing and queer and Latinx, and she's in um, she's in the, the Young Avengers, and she's wonderful, um, you know. And I think like both Marvel and DC and are are bringing more perspectives and like showing more, like they're introducing new heroes who are queer. There's a recent uh, reissue of um, Iceman where, you know, they're exploring Bobby's queerness. And so that's fun that they're um, bringing more of that. And then, um, uh, and then in like, um, in media too, it's like the new Batwoman coming out is very queer. So that's, that's exciting. And I think a lot of like comics and graphic novels in general are starting to, I mean, they've always been, especially as like independent creators or, creating and 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 um and writing their stories and experience um we get to see that in their work so getting to see graphic novels like um the prince and the dressmaker and check please and all of these wonderful things it's it's really exciting as well and for yourself was it also important to include the you know include your voice as a person of color in your books yeah absolutely i think it was one of the things that like i thought about where you know no one is only one marginalization. Like, you know, 
for a long time in media, like if you see someone, they're like, okay, that's the black character, that's the gay character, that's the Asian character. Like everyone is kind of reduced to one aspect of themselves when we're all multitudes, we're all um, intersectional, um, you know, and these people exist in real life. So I wanted to write like queer teens of color, disabled teens, different, um, bring a lot of different communities that were intersecting at the same time, just to show them existing as as a matter of fact yeah what about your own journey um did uh, representation play a role in your uh, in your own coming out and self-acceptance story yeah i think it's um it's been a really interesting journey for me because i came out fairly late like in my mid-20s and um i didn't for a long time so i'm i'm bisexual and i'm I didn't figure out that I was like attracted to multiple genders or I, I I knew of it, but couldn't quantify it. And I feel like that's been very strongly tied to representation because like as a teenager, I would have all these feelings and then not really like, you know, because I had also been attracted to men. So like, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm straight. These other feelings are just, you know, I have very strong feelings of friendship. Or I just, or like, <laughs> I, I didn't understand them. And because I didn't have a model of like, I would say like, oh yeah, bisexuality is not a thing. I would think of like people, um, I would, you know, and it, or if I saw it in media, I think a few times it you would mention on like a TV show, it, it was always like the butt of a joke or like someone who was like going through a phase or being promiscuous. And so it wasn't, it wasn't positive and it wasn't like valid to me because it was always this this thing that people laughed about. So it took me a long time to kind of come to terms with my own sexuality and learn more about myself and be more confident in who I am. So the um, so starting to like like the first time I saw the word bisexual printed on the page in the novel was Melinda Lowe's adaptation, which is a sci-fi uh, duology about a young girl who's who is bisexual. And so she comes like there's a point when she like you know she's crushing on a guy she really likes, she's crushing on a girl she really likes, and then she like has this moment where she's like, oh like I'm bisexual. And I'm like, oh wow, that's that's also how I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just really cool to see that on the page. Yeah, and so that did help you to uh, to figure out your to figure yourself out. To see, yeah, yeah, to see seeing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing it books and reading about yeah. it and reading about characters whose journeys were mm-hmm. like mine was really important to me. Does any of what you write come from also perhaps a place of frustration that so many queer people experience when it comes to representation? Yeah, I mean, the whole title of like, like all of these books in the Sidekick Squad series start with Not Your. And so <laughs> the first one is Not Your Sidekick, which is kind of a nod to like the not your Asian sidekick movement and like the the idea that like people of color and, and queer people who were in stories if they were there at all were always there to support like the straight white character like they were background dressing or they were the best friend or the supportive role and like they were there to further someone else's story um and so I really wanted to play with that and kind of turn it on its head about like hey, we are the heroes of our own story. We're going through our own journeys and we deserve to be, you know, the center of the narrative. And so the whole series kind of stems from like, these are kids who would normally be those kind of um, supportive roles or like people who would have these um, expectations put upon them. So like Bell's, his book is not your villain. 
Um, and so he's been framed as this kind of like, um, he's been framed by the government as this perpetrator of crimes in which he's, he's really innocent, but he kind of like, you know, that's what people expect of me and that's, he's struggling to like clear his name. And then, um, in not your backup, Emma, who doesn't have superpowers, unlike her friends, she's been kind of relegated to this like background role by the forces of the resistance. And so she's struggling to kind of take her place um, in a place of leadership. Yeah, all of there's all these undercurrent themes of like how important representation is in my books, but it's also I hope that they're fun to read. <laughs> and it, it was it's a very interesting choice to like have you know a world where superheroes exist and nevertheless focus on people who, at least in the beginning of the story, don't seem to be lacking any superpowers. It's part of a, so like in this world, everyone expects things of you, specifically if you have powers or don't have powers. And so for Jess, who doesn't have, she, you know, she, there's this expectation of like, you're only as valuable as how valuable we say your powers are. And that (laughs) comes back to like my critique on like how society expects this to be like oh you're not a productive member of society unless you do x or x or make this amount of money or get this type of career and for Jess her power isn't necessary like she doesn't discover her powers until late in the book but she doesn't seem to like like she has this huge expectation because her mom has super strength and her dad can fly and these are powers that are very like lauded heavily and like they're flashy they're cool you can use them in a fight and so Jess's power she can tell direction (laughs) so like she it's not something that like she she's not going to be on a cereal box she's not going to be like sponsoring shoes she's she in her expectation role it's not um doesn't quite fit in with and for the long time when she realized she doesn't have powers it kind of comes back to like all these kids in the resistance all these people who like they don't expect anything from them because their powers aren't the ones that they say are the government and society say are valuable. So it kind of comes into like, especially the last book of series, when you see these people like taking strength in their own journey and like, like Emma, who doesn't have any powers at all. She really relies on like her leadership and her planning skills and her like strength of character to pull through. And that's valuable in its own way. Did you have any inspiration for these characters or they're just like an aggregate of experiences and perhaps people that you know? Um, Some of them are are based, like some personality traits um, are a little bit inspired by some folks I know. Um, For example, Bells and Emma, their names come from two of my friends. And then Bells himself is kind of based on another friend. and but every every character comes from a little bit of like it's a hodgepodge of like people who who I feel like would exist in real life and like personality traits that would work well together. I, I wanted to kind of also talk about Clexicon since this is where we met and we ended up being on the uh, bioprepresentation panel together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was your experience of it? Was it something that like? you learned from was it good to have that conversation for you you know in general did you did you take away anything from that aspect or did you do you feel like you brought anything to um that experience that 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 weekend was supposed to be 
Yeah, it was a really fun weekend, um, just in terms of like getting to see so many queer people in one space, like celebrating themselves, having a good time, and like getting to see them really just like all the different conversations that were being had were great. And, um, you know, I love our conversation on the bi-representation panel because it was, there's so many nuanced ways I felt like we could have definitely talked for like three hours just about, you know, what it means to be bi and like all the different ways, um, you know, that we're like overcoming stereotypes and, and existing and the importance of talking about who we are. It's, it's, it was really important. Just the, the fact that we had a, a bi-representation panel at a, at a queer conference was great. And so when it, it comes to buying your presentation, did you um did you have more of maybe of a specific agenda or idea in mind of what you wanted to do when, when writing by characters? I think for, for Jess who's who's bisexual mm -hmm. and, and she's the first in the first it's the first book was her, her story. Mm -hmm. Um her bisexuality is more you know, she's already come out, she's um she's attracted to multiple genders and she um She talks about it, but it's not really the focus of the book, which was kind of where I wanted the story to be, where it's more on a, like her crush and like the superhero plot and and fun stuff. But I really I wanted to show like kind of like a bisexual character who was a little bit after the fact, like it's just part of who she is and um, it's an inherent part of her. She doesn't need to, um, you know, she it's. I, there are so many wonderful stories about like I feel like we should have queer stories that encompass all different points of where we are in, in our journeys. So from characters who are like totally confident with who they are um, to characters who are like questioning and just figuring out. And so for Jess, I wanted her to be in that like um, area where she was comfortable with it already and it was just a fact of who she was. Yeah, it was one thing that was actually well established about her in that in this book, like from the start, this one aspect of her that was clear, which is yes, not 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 usually what we see in when it comes to a queer representation in general, and especially like by because it's so sometimes so complicated to navigate this identity and to build it. As you said, it doesn't it takes time to make sense of it generally. Yeah, I, I I just thought that would be fun to have just someone who's bisexual who is just who just existed <laughs> and then she gets to have her own journey that isn't about being bisexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, because so many queer stories are coming out stories specifically. You know, it's always like this big discovery of who you are, and that and then you discover who you are, and then roll credits. So it's <laughs> good to it's good to like have, you know, like you said yourself to have a character who already exists in that space, and. She hasn't figured her entire life out. Like, that's not where her entire development as a personality ended. So no. it's really cool to see. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's fun because, like, you know, she does have, like, an identity story, like, learning who she is. But that's still yeah. tied to, like, superpowers and, like, how she frames her own expectations of success on herself. Yeah. Yeah, which is... Which is um. Which is very interesting to see that, you know, this, this aspect of your identity, you sometimes you figure them out all at, at, at the same time, because <laughs> sometimes things intersect, but also just sometimes it's one after the other, and it's and it's actually, have to say, it's something that, I don't even know if it's we, but at least I encounter quite a bit uh, in therapy yeah. with clients who, uh, who, you know, once they've 
figured out one aspect of their life or uh, um, whether it's starting with their um, their uh, sexual orientation or gender identity. And then right after that, that, oh, but know that this is kind of clear that this other thing that comes up mm-hmm. and to uh, and to work on it. It's um, kind of this layer of identity, but that every time you have like one thing figured out, even though it can still evolve, but like you're comfortable with who you are, and in some respect you can, you can keep con- you can keep going and figuring things out more and understanding who you are, beyond like this first, you know, this first aspect of things. And I don't know if in this this um, in writing this character you you had in mind that this experience of having figured out this uh, her sexual orientation could help for the rest of understanding like the the rest of her identity and building uh, herself as a as a superhero yeah it's been a really fun series to write i'm i'm really glad it's resonating with people have you have you had any feedback have you had any readers approach you and because i saw that there was a book signing quite recently a couple of days ago um, so how, how is the feedback? Is it rewarding for you to hear, uh, your readers share their stories with you? Yeah, I think it's one of the most rewarding things about being a writer is that like you, you're creating something and it's not necessarily like, like I, sometimes I feel like I'm just shouting into the void, but sometimes like when I hear back from people, the fact that people are still like creating for the series, creating fan art or in like um, talking to their friends about it or being really excited about it. It's wonderful that, and I get like these emails from, from youth who are like, so like heartwarming. And it just, it, it means a lot to me that, that kids are, are reading my series and are, are, it's resonating with them and they're enjoying it. And I'll get like, it's been, it's, I'm very thankful that everyone's been, um, um, that it's people are reading them and um, you know reacting to them, so it's it's fun. It's I'm I'm very happy. <laughs> and your your um your books are more like um, young adult fiction, but I I mean presented like that. But do you have actually readers that are uh, completely out of this uh, target group? Yeah, I think there are a lot of adults who read uh, young adult fiction. There's a I mean really like the books for for everyone um but you know and there's a lot of people who are like who are adults or my age who are like well I didn't have this when I was a teen so now and it's a really wonderful time right now especially in young adult fiction because there's so many amazing queer books uh that there's um I'm really really like joyful to read so many amazing books that are out that like I didn't have when I was a teen. So like now I'm just reading everything in, in YA just because it's so powerful to see yourself to have the, those kinds of stories. Um, so yeah, I, I do have a fair number of adult readers too. And was it um was it a conscious choice to write uh, young adult fiction rather than um, go for something a little bit more, yeah, more mature, even something a little bit more racy as a lot of queer <laughs> fiction is? Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, I, I think, you know, like, adult fiction and having, like, erotic fiction is very important. It's it's wonderful that it exists. Um, I think there should, there's so much, so many amazing romance authors who are queer and, and writing queer romances. And I definitely would be interested in writing them. I've, I've um, written them before, but I, you know, I think my strength right now is, is writing for a younger audience because I, 
I mean, my stories are like, there's, they're fun. And, you know, I think there's room for, um, for books that aren't necessarily sexualized. Um, and there's, there's elements of like, you know, there's crushes and kissing and, um, the more recent book, um, not your backup, which just came out. It's, um, about Emma who's, who's on the aromantic spectrum and asexual spectrum. So she's kind of navigating that. And so her journey, she's more on the questioning spectrum and she's, or she's learning more about who she is. And so I think it's important to have these books for young readers as well. Um, and yeah, I think like every genre should have like queer protagonists and queer people writing for every genre, whether it's picture books or young adult or adult books, there's, there's, we should have stories for like every single whatever type of story you want to read there there should be queer stories in there and um when when writing those queer stories um how do you do your research for perhaps people that you can't connect with because you know you you don't relate to their identity as much do you have friends that you can ask or do you go out looking for information on the internet or how did how does your process go um, so when I'm writing outside of my identity or outside of my um, experience, I, I try to be as respectful um, as I can and do lots of research. And so that involves like having conversations with folks. Um, I have multiple readers who read early copies of the book, um, trans readers, um, multiple like readers from like different multiple identities for Emma's book, who's arrow, she's. Um, I had multiple aromantic and asexual readers just to like get a, you know, multiple perspectives and I always incorporate their feedback. Um, and it's been, um, it's been really, it's, I, yeah, I, I think for any writer, if you're doing, if you're writing outside of your experience to do to due diligence to um, portray that community as respectfully as you can. So um, what's next now that, um your latest book has come out. Are you going to keep writing in the young adult superhero genre or perhaps there's something else that you're planning? If you can share it, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have one more book in the Sidekick Squad series. So um, the next book will be Abby's story. And so that'll round out the, the quartet. And then um, I have a contemporary story coming out in 2020 in an anthology called All Out Now. And so that's going to be a fun collection of queer stories. Um, and I also have a other, I'm working on um, a few graphic novels with uh, Boom Studios for the Ben 10 comic series. Um, for the Ben 10, um, it's original graphic novels based on the Cartoon Network show. So they're really fun. Um, they're for a much younger audience, so like 10 year olds, but it's it's fun to write and, and create in that medium. I'm... And I have a few other projects I'm working on but can't really talk about. But I'm excited to continue to write, yeah. When is the um the fourth book uh, in the in the series supposed to, to come out? It'll likely be 2021. Okay. Um but I can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. you you'll you just have this um incursion in the more adult novel world first and then finish the, the series. Well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel I'm definitely everything that I'm working on right now is mm. is young adults. Mm. So writing for youth or even younger, moving into middle grade. And so um, <laughs> it may be some time before I write an adult novel, but I, I would like to. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we would also like to ask you to 
you know, leave behind some details. Obviously, we'll link uh, people to your website, but how would you like people to contact you if they had, you know, if they wanted to share their story or give their regards to you as, as an author? Um, how are you best reached? How are you best connected with? Um, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at CBLEE underscore CBLEE. Um, folks are always welcome to like uh, find my website at cb-lee.com. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, your um, uh, my email, there's also a contact form on the website. So um, yeah, people can always contact me that way if they have any specific questions too. And just to finish, maybe because we we, we did meet on the BioRap uh, panel, um, if, uh, and the the question that of course you've been asked a thousand times, but maybe there's something new now. Uh, is there any um, you know bio representation you could recommend to our listener? Um, of course, besides your book, on any medium really. Yeah, um, well, I'm really excited about, um, there's a book series called, um, the first book is called, um, the first book is called uh, Rules and Regulations for Mediating Myths and Magic, and um, it's uh, about a bisexual boy in high school, and he's going on, um, he is going on a magical journey with uh, different He's basically navigating the mundane world and the magical world, and there's a lot of fun adventure. Um, the sequel to that one, Monster of the Week, comes out um, this fall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that one is really fun. And um, as far as uh, trying to think of more, like there's a lot of great um, bisexual characters. Uh, These Witches Don't Burn by um, Isabel Sterling. There's um, Radio Silence by Alice Osman, Queens of Geek by Jen Wilde. Um, there's so many amazing books. Um, I highly recommend um, lgbtqreads.com, which is a really fun resource site that details a lot of different books and what's coming out next and even has like specifically um, books recommended by theme and by identity if you're looking to browse books just specifically by identity. Well, it's really helpful for us to know because as therapists, we oftentimes have clients say like, but I don't see myself anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's already Let's Watch TV, which I think we mentioned during the panel, which kind of catalogs TV shows and movies. So it's good to know that there is a resource like that for books as well, because for now, people either go browsing in actual bookstores or go on Amazon, or if they're super into it, they go on Goodreads. But that's about it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, LGBTQ Reads, there's an active Twitter account and also the website um, has so many great recommendations. And then the Tumblr has an ask. So people who submit questions like, oh, I'm looking for um, asexual science fiction. And then um, you could find so many books um, based on very specific, like I would like books about trans characters. I would like books about um, lesbian characters. I would like about books about queer people of color. There's a lot of great, great, um, great resources there. Okay, you can definitely link it. Well, I guess, I mean, it's your work to do that. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll absolutely do it. Well, um, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, best of luck with your writing. We hope to see you at hopefully some other queer events or maybe even at a book signing. <laughs>
Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. That's it for the interview. Be sure to check out CB Lee's website at cb.lee.com. Follow her on social media and don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Bye.